Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Hello, Moto America fans, and welcome to this latest edition of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. I am Bice here in uh, the heartland of the U.S. Well, I don't know. Paul, we've talked about this before. That it seems like the Midwest goes from the one coast to another. Well, almost to one coast to another. It's Pennsylvania to Arizona or something. I don't know. But I guess I guess I'm sort of in the in the Midwest a little bit here in central central Ohio anyway. And Paul Carruthers, our communications manager, is on the West Coast in uh, beautiful Southern California, as always, um, except when we're at races. And we will be at a race next weekend, um, a little uh, track called Michelin Raceway uh, Road Atlanta that I'm. we're all very excited to be at because it's the debut of Superbike. And it's been a little while since we were at Daytona, but hey, Paul, we were talking yesterday, this uh, next round kind of snuck up on us the past week or so, right? Yeah, it's funny because it seemed like Daytona was a year ago. And then all of a sudden, Road Atlanta was like next week. So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know what happened all that time, but I'm excited. I'm ready to go. It's uh, again, we've mentioned this before, but it seemed like we had an opening day with Daytona and then we get to do an opening day again with uh, with Road Atlanta and Superbikes and the other classes that didn't race at Daytona. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be good. Hopeful the weather is good for us and uh, we have a good weekend of racing, I think. You know, we've got a lot of a lot of a lot of entries and the classes are all healthy. And I can tell from emails and, and questions we're getting from fans that uh, that they're excited. And I'm expecting to uh, to have a big crowd there. Yeah, I'm really excited about it, too. It is cool. I mean, in the past, you know, we've we've obviously, uh, you know, had our we've been at Coda and, and had the Superbikes kind of start before everybody else. So it's kind of cool that we've got a round under our belt and then we're, we're going to have our Superbikes the premier class uh, debut. And, you know, speaking of debuts, so I had, I was kind of joking and I put out that story about beating around the bush and saying, I literally was trying to call in all the teams, trying to find out. And, you know, a lot of the teams weren't ready to announce. And I, one of the riders, I I didn't know what he was going to be doing because, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the story. So I'd gotten a hold of CJ LaRoche who lives here in Ohio. And he's, he's an awesome guy. He's like, so cool. I think um, if I lived a little even closer to him, I'd probably hang out with him all the time. But we talked about Daytona and he said he wasn't going to be racing at Daytona. And I said, you know, I wasn't sure what Benjamin was up to. And this was before Anthony Maziato got uh, announced for that team. So once Anthony was announced on Northeast Cycle Racing as the other rider, I was like, oh, what's going on with Benjamin Smith? So, you know, I hadn't we hadn't heard much, um, you know, Benjamin is from Pennsylvania, but I think he was in South Carolina for a while or may still be there. Um, but a lot of questions about him. So we thought let's get him on this week because his team um, got in touch with me and he, they announced their uh, that he's uh, CW moto racing is going to field Benjamin Smith in super bikes. So Benjamin has gone from super sport for a few years kind of bypass stock 1000 and, and truly going to be in Superbike on an R1. And we can talk about the reasons for that, but you know, Benjamin's almost one of our OGs. He's been around for a, a long time. He, um, 
and you know he's still a young young rider but i think he started in 2016 he was the he was the 2017 um way back to ktm rc cup he won that championship i think in his second year in moto america and then eventually he moved up to Supersport and been racing uh, Yamaha with uh, Northeast Cycle Racing for a while. And that was a solid team, really good team. But one of the things that was tough for those guys is, I mean, they kind of were a little bit victim to this next generation. And, you know, the R6 um, is a little down on displacement, although there are riders that have shown that they can do some stuff. And and Benjamin was still doing good work for the, for them. But I think um, I think his desire as he's gone up through the, the ranks of Moto America was to eventually get to Superbike, and again, we'll talk to him about that. But he's a he's a poster. I'm not going to say poster child or poster boy. I'll say he's a poster rider for our series. I mentioned it on our All Hands call the other day that he got in touch with me and he said, "Hey, look at me. I mean, I was in I was in RC Cup, then Super Sport. Now I'm Superbike, so I'm climbing the ladder, and I, it's exactly what we want our riders to do: get into our series at a young age, whether it's Mini Cup or Junior Cup." And carrying on up through the ranks. So um, Benjamin is a perfect example of that. And we'll talk to him about that as well. So let's bring him in. Um, some people know him as Ben Smith, but we call him Benjamin Smith because that is his name. And he is now a Medallia Superbike rider. And he will be making his debut on a CW Moto Racing Yamaha YZF R1 next weekend at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. Welcome, Benjamin. Yeah, thank you guys. I really appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, it's funny we were just having that conversation with the, with the uh the Ben versus Benjamin, and as you hear a lot of uh, you hear both ways in the paddock. So, like I said, I'm open to anything. But yes, well, this is a this is so awesome. I you know, I occasionally will get in touch with you, but because I think you may be still a student, and like I said, I thought maybe you were in South Carolina, but you can kind of tell us, but. I was having a little bit of a difficult time getting a hold of you. And, and like I said, I talked to CJ on your, your previous team a little bit and he didn't really let on too much. He didn't really even tell me about Maz being involved with uh, the Northeast cycle racing. Um, but tell us how this came about. And also I'm sure it was a situation where you made a decision to maybe move up to Superbike, And since Northeast cycle is kind of an R6 super sport team, maybe that's how Maz came to be on that team. I'm sure it wasn't. They put him on the team and, and pushed you out. So tell us how it went. Yeah, so this has kind of been uh, – I've had a little bit of an odd uh, off-season, you could say, because, you know, as you mentioned earlier, um, I was with the Northeast Cycle like guys for a few years. In the 600 class, um, I feel like I, I showed what I could do in that class, uh, cut my teeth, uh, had a lot of fun, absolutely made me a better rider, but this was something that was kind of a mutual agreement. Um, I know that Northeast Cycle Outlet didn't really have the aspirations of going to – to a, a 1000, a bike that they weren't familiar with. They obviously have a ton of data on, on the R6s. Um, so it was kind of a mutual agreement that I saw myself in my career moving up to ultimately my whole goal since, you know, the beginning of my career is, is to be in the superbike class. So that's, you know, that's what I've been attempting to get to. And uh, the opportunity came up with CW Moto. Um, I kind of got in, in touch with Chris a few months back, um, the owner of CW Moto, and we got to talking. Um, there's a lot of going back and forth, you know, making this, making this deal happen was definitely no easy defeat. And, uh, there's a ton of people honestly to thank for, for doing it. But just a few weeks ago, I was able to, uh, I got the chance to go out to Chuck Walla. Um, I hadn't been out there for a couple of years, but, um, I got the chance to head out to Chuck Walla, ride the bike for the first time, 
Um, it honestly went really well. Uh, for first time on the bike, first time working with Chris. Um, I don't have that much time, honestly, on a on a true 1000. I have a, a legitimate stock R1 back at home in Pennsylvania that I have all of two track days on maybe. So my time on 1000 honestly is pretty limited. But like I said, for first time out on the bike and all, all the new variables, I think it went about as well as it could have gone. So from there, we kind of we already kind of had an agreement that we were going to try and make it happen. There were just a few, you know, last little pieces to put together. And we uh, we were able to find those find those pieces in the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, it, it's all it's kind of one of the situations where it happened fast, but it also happened slow. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. I've been trying everything that I can to just gather the support, you know, the funds to make it happen. And uh, I know CW has been working their butts off as well. So in the end, I'm, obviously, I'm could not be more excited that that it all came together. I get to make my Superbike debut next weekend at Road Atlanta. So yeah, it's uh man, it truly is a dream come true, honestly. Benjamin, you you mentioned making the debut at Road Atlanta next weekend. Is is that a pretty daunting place to make your debut? I mean, it would would it be easier to be somewhere else or do you prefer to get thrown in the deep end? You've obviously had good results there last year on the podium in the Supersport race one. Uh is it okay going to road Atlanta? Or would you rather start somewhere else? Honestly, I love road Atlanta. Uh, I've always had good success there. Even back in the KTM days, I, I know in 2017, that was the first race of the year. And we actually were able to, to do the double there in 2017. And then, yep, last year we were able to get on the podium uh, in Supersport there qualified. I think it was like 0.003 off a pole. Uh, but I love the place. The, the only, the only daunting thing for me is I, like I, I mentioned a little earlier is my, my time on 1000 is very limited and out and uh, road Atlanta, as we all know, has a, has a ton of elevation. And really the only other place that I've ridden this bike is Chuck Walla, which is pretty flat. So the only thing that I'm thinking about is man, just dealing with all that power, you know, combining that with the elevation of road Atlanta is definitely going to be something to get used to just, you know, I'm going to be wrapping my head around a lot of new things next weekend, honestly, but that's going to be one of them. But as far as, as far as the actual racetrack goes, I love that place. You know, I think it's honestly one of the more fun tracks that we go to just because of, you know, just, it's got so many unique features. That first section is obviously really tight and then it opens up to a massively long back straightaway. So I think it's one of those tracks that kind of has a little bit of everything, but I wouldn't say that I'm like per se nervous about it. It's just, you know, there's going to be a lot of new things in general to, to get used to. Yeah. I always wonder like when you make a move, that big from super sport to super bike a lot of the guys you've raced with obviously in super sport and, and other places you other classes you've participated in but does it have is it more do you get more nervous about riding the bike or do you get more nervous about who you're actually competing with like you're on the track suddenly with the jake gagne's and the cameron bobier's of the world and that's a big step it it's a massive step and and trust me when i when i say that I, since the announcement came out, I've thought about it, I think, literally every single day. You know, how cool is it <laughs> the first time that I get my doors blown off by Gagne or Bobier? How cool is it going to be to uh, to see them for a couple of corners? I mean, because like I said, that's what I've been working towards my whole career is, is to be out on track with, with the best that this country has to offer. And to say that I'm truly there is, you know, uh, it, it's pretty exciting for me. But I, I wouldn't say that I'm I'm nervous to be out on track with those guys. Like, I, I honestly do feel like I... I'm meant to be there. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've cut my teeth and I, you know, I want, this is where I want to be. It's more so just me and connecting with the bike and just learning the differences in the riding styles between the 600 and the 1000, which I got a little bit of a taste of, uh, 
out of Chuck Walla, but there definitely are differences between trying to squeeze every ounce out of a 600 compared to a 1000, you know, maximize what the bike does good. It obviously accelerates extremely well and it brakes very well. So there's, there's differences between the actual riding styles, but I'm also sure that combining, you know, being out on track with guys like that and just even seeing what they do for maybe a couple of corners will, will, you know, uh, progress my, my learning curve leaps and bounds rather than me just spinning laps for myself. So. Benjamin, I got a couple questions. I want to, I want to get into talking to you, asking you some questions about the team and the bike, but before I do that, you know, let's catch up, let's lay a little bit of groundwork here because, you know, I would generally try to get over and see you guys in the paddock every race weekend, but I hadn't been really talking to you about, you know, what, what you're doing outside of the racetrack. So are you still in college what college are you in and where are you actually living now at this point? <laughs> I know it seems I'm I like I'm bouncing around constantly every year. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm living here. I'm doing this now. But yes, uh, to answer your question, I am still in college. Thank goodness that I have uh, only a couple weeks left. Actually, I get my, uh, my degree from Penn state uh, at the beginning of May. So I'm graduating university of Pennsylvania at, uh, I believe it's May 7th is our commencement. So fits perfectly in between races as well, which is nice. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm finishing up my college degree. I'm still living in Charleston, South Carolina right now. Uh, so that that's honestly been, I, I think I've mentioned it before, but that's been a huge, uh, believe it or not, that's been a huge aspect to my, my program. Just being in a place where I can train year round. Uh, I'm actually headed out on the dirt bike after we do this podcast. So I've been able to do things such as, as ride dirt bikes and, you know, stay, I think stay on the bike more, just whether it's, you know, a road race bike or a dirt, a dirt bike being on two wheels, uh, the most you can, I think is, is probably the best training you can do. So th that's a huge aspect to my life in general that has changed. But, uh, yeah, I'm outside of racing. I'm, I'm very excited to get this, this whole college thing that people call. I'm excited to get that thing done. So that'll be good. Well, listen, Benjamin. Wow. I mean, you're 22, you managed to get you're going to you're going to get a degree from Penn State University in about the time that somebody that isn't a professional road racer is able to get it. I mean, you you managed to continue staying active in Moto America through this entire time of and it's not a huge amount of time, but now you you're going to get a degree in a couple of weeks. That's that's pretty incredible that you were able to do both at the same time. Yeah, thank you. It's been a it's been a lot of juggling. I mean, I've been doing, I've always been public school, um, all throughout high school, uh, obviously college now. And it's always been a situation where if my grades weren't there, I mean, it's, it's obviously, you know, falls more on my plate now, but back in high school, if my grades weren't there, I, you know, I wasn't allowed to race, which I, I think is fantastic. And I'm extremely happy that my dad enforced that because it did keep me motivated. I mean, I had to, I remember having to go to even to my principal in high school and say, Hey, look, these are the days that I'm going to be missing for, for, this thing called racing. And, you know, I'd have to explain to them that, you know, I take this very seriously. This is not just me going to play around. So it's definitely been a process, but honestly, it has taught me so much um, about just, I mean, it sounds kind of cliche, I guess, but just work ethic and just, you know, staying committed and focused to what, what the end goal is. Um, because, you know, as much as I absolutely love racing and I want this to be my career and I'm doing everything that I, I can possible to make in my career, I have to have a backup plan. And, you know, having that piece of paper at the end of four years, and graduating college, I think, is is the best option for me for that backup plan. So, you know, it's all I think it's all worked out pretty well. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, congratulations. That is cool. I do have one question. Uh, what is strategic communications? I see that's what you're getting your degree. 
You know, it sounds like well, something your wife or girlfriend wishes you had that us <laughs> men don't have. That's exact. That's funny that you say that because I've gotten that same question so many times. People will ask, "What what is strategic communications?" And honestly, as bad as this is, maybe to say, I couldn't really tell you to exactly what what the definition of strategic communication is. And I honestly, from what I've learned in, in these past four years, it is exactly what it sounds like. Um, and it's more so, honestly, uh, I went to my guidance counselor kind of, I think it was probably sophomore year of college and said, look, I don't know exactly what I want to do um, when I got out of college. Well, you know, I realist, ideally, I'd like to race motorcycles, but in the real world, I don't know exactly what I would like to do. So can you give me, you know, a couple of options, something that's not going to pigeonhole me into a career that I don't really enjoy. It'll, uh, you know, technically give me a, a pretty good range of options when I do graduate. And this was one of them. Um, and I'm, I've always kind of been more of a, I think I would say a people person um, than just, I, you know, my nightmare. I don't want to be stuck behind a desk doing a nine to five job. I mean, I, I will, <laughs> I will do a lot of things other than that. So uh, it's really just to help me get my feet planted, give me those opportunities and, one of the good things about Penn State is, as most people probably know, it's got just a huge, uh, a huge alumni program. So I, you know, the amount of people that I've already met that are like, oh, you know, I went to Penn State back in '86 or whatever, and just just making those connections, I think, will definitely help me in the future. So, um, you know, but to answer your question, strategic communications, I strategically communicate, like you said, it's what every uh, every guy's wife, girlfriend wishes they had more of. But <laughs> I'm working my best at it. Oh, that's good. I kind of think it's saying and writing the same, the right thing at the right time. Is that kind of what it is? Absolutely. Yeah. And especially, like I said, if they will, especially in those situations with per se, your wife or girlfriend, that's, I think that that's probably the most important, but, uh, but yeah. And especially kind of in today's world, just from what I've gathered from my classes, a lot of it, um, they kind of structured towards like the social media side of stuff, which you guys are obviously very fluent in um, saying the right things on on social media, because I, we all know that that's, you know, there definitely is a fine line nowadays of what you can and can't say. Uh, so a, a lot of it is focused on that as well, which I definitely am interested in. I mean, I, I, that is absolutely an interest of mine. And, um, you know, I really appreciate the job that you guys do. I think you do a phenomenal job for Moto America in that department. So, uh, yeah, maybe I'll follow in your guys' footsteps. We'll see. That'd be cool. Well, we know you're, you're well-spoken and well-presented and do a great job. And, interviews and stuff too so um so let's talk about the teams it's ironic that so we're going into uh the road atlanta round and that's where i met sarah um sarah lobkovich or lobkovich i think it's probably lobkovich do you know benjamin i don't mean to put you in the spot but you know that's actually that's another uh answer that i don't really have i think that it's and i know chris has said it to me he's gonna he's gonna bash on me for not knowing the exact pronunciation of it but i think it's Lobak lobakovich um, see, see, there you correct go. me if I'm wrong, Chris, but that, that could be wrong. <laughs> well, correct, <laughs> so. correct us all because I've never asked those guys and I didn't mean to put you on the spot because thinking that you have to know their, the pronunciation, because let's, let's face it. They go by, by Sarah and Chris more than anything, I think. So yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. I think that maybe I, I purposely didn't try and say it near Chris. Cause I'm like, Oh, maybe I don't know the pronunciation of it, but yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll confirm that at road Atlanta, I guess that that'll be yeah, a goal. I need to do it too. I almost got in touch with him before this because I knew we were going to talk about it. So anyway, I met Sarah last year at Road Atlanta. Um, actually, Richie Doan in our uh, in our who helps us um, in our paddock with uh, you know all of our kind of signage and everything like that, um, and is always running around. He had met Sarah 
And uh, I talked to her a little bit then, and they had a couple different riders last year. And I think they were racing. I, in fact, I know they were racing in Stock 1000 because they've moved up to Superbike with you. But one of the things about your program is your dad has always been a big part of the program. So is he being integrated into this CW Moto team or is he taking a back seat this year? What's the plan? He'll absolutely be there. Um, he's he's going to be there at every race. I mean, he's he's seen basically every lap that I've ever turned in my career. Yeah. And uh, man, I, I would not, I've said it a million times, but I would not be anywhere close to where I am today um, without his support. And I know that that sounds, you know, I feel like every kid kind of says that, but I, I truly mean that, that he, he has stuck behind me. He's, he's gotten me into some really good situations and he's gotten me out of some bad situations. Um, and so he's, he's been my biggest supporter through and through, uh, no doubt about it, but he will be there absolutely at every single race this year. And I think that he's, we've already kind of had a little conversation about it. Um, it's in his role this year, I think is going to be, you know, at, you know, with me stepping up to the super bike class, I mean, the whole goal that we've both had in mind is for us to have the ability to where we show up at the racetrack and he simply gets to be my dad. He gets to be a fan. You know, I talk to him after every session, but he is just, he's there to support me. And I think that this year we're going to start to kind of transition into that role being that I have full trust. I mean, I, I have, I trust in a lot of people in this paddock. I have full trust in these in CW Moto and Chris and what he has, you know, his knowledge base. I have full trust in it. Um, so I think that we're going to start to kind of transition to that, to that point where, you know, my dad will be there. I will absolutely be asking him any questions that I have because I, I do trust his opinion. Um, so I will ask, absolutely be asking him questions, but we are going to start to be transitioning to that, you know, hopefully that goal of, Hey, he gets to show up and, you know, kind of play the role as being my dad and, and being somewhat of a fan of mine. So, you know, and, and it's not, it's not a bad thing in any way, shape or form. I mean, like I said, that's been both of our goals for my whole career. So I'm happy that I'm able to be in a situation that, that we're able to do that. So, uh, yeah. but yes, he will be there, you know, still being my biggest supporter. Yeah. It's an eventuality with a lot of riders that end up going to teams and it's, it's tough sometimes when you, when, you know, your, your entire crew is made up of your, your dad, I mean, I know that Northeast Cycle Outlet Racing had some uh, some crew members too, but if, if I didn't come over to see you guys in your pit area, I would always see your dad running tires back and forth to Dunlop and I didn't <laughs> way ever stop and talk to him. So, you know, he's probably maybe not going to miss that or maybe he will miss it, but it's cool that you've got this, this uh, you're stepping up. So I, I'm curious about the bike too. So it's a Yamaha R1, but of course there are many facets of what that could be. Is this bike a true super bike? We are, we're going to be developing this bike throughout the year. And yes, I, I will say it is a true superbike. I mean, we are racing superbike for a reason. This will be a true superbike. And I know that we are getting some pretty amazing support from guys like, uh, from guys like Westby and in some way, shape or form. Um, I mean, if nobody really knows how to do it better in the paddock than them. So huge, huge thank you to those guys. But um, yes, it's going to be a year of developing. I mean, we're, we're starting with a really solid platform or uh, I think honestly a very solid base. Uh, but a lot of it, again, this is this is my first year in Superbike. This is the team's first year in Superbike. So we're going to make this thing as close to a quote unquote, you know, true Superbike as we can. And it's going to be development throughout the year. I mean, we're going to find out what works, what doesn't. I'm sure that we'll be trying new parts throughout the year. Maybe I know I know we already have the extended swing arm, which a lot of I guess the R1s need. Um, yeah. We've got the motor build to a spec, what I think is absolutely uh, absolutely a Superbike spec. So I think that that the bike will be 
you know, as close to a, a whatever you want to call it, an attack R1 superbike or Westby R1 superbike that we can get it. But with that said, with that said, you know, we all know that there's going to be development throughout the year. I mean, jumping into this class and, you know, with a, a true superbike build is, is no easy feat. So there's going to be some going to be some probably teething that we're going to have to go through. But I think that the team is more than prepared for it. I'm ready for it. Uh, I feel like my riding is at a point where I can I can develop. I can go through this stuff. So, yeah, I'm uh, that's actually one of the challenges that I'm, I'm looking forward to is, is developing this bike and this program to where, you know, hopefully, ultimately, we, we will have, you know, a, a true super bike that can that can compete up front or close to it. So, yeah, that that's great. You know, it's good to hear that you, you're getting some support from Westby and, and indirectly maybe attack as well uh, as well as Yamaha. And, um, you know, obviously the, those bikes are fast. It's the the bike that the champions on has been on for the past two years, and before that, obviously Jake Gagne. So, or I'm sorry, before that, Cameron Bobier, Jake Gagne. The last two years, um, so it's, we know it's a good bike. It's seasoned, it, it, and there's been a lot of development from teams with it. Um, I'm I'm sure you've got the big forks and the whole bit. Uh, so, electronics going. Have you got electronics where you're going to have to manipulate the, you know, engine braking and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, we've uh we played around with electronics a little bit at uh at Chuckwalla. Like I said, we don't I, literally my only I only have three days on the bike before Road Atlanta. So um we did play around with some stuff at at Chuckwalla. The main goal of that test was kind of just to get me comfortable on the bike and just learn how to ride the one thousand more so. But yes, we absolutely will have electronics. It's not gonna be on the same level as say the Westby and the attack guys. Simply because, I mean, their electronics, from from my understanding, can be so complicated that you basically have to have a set person that only focuses on electronics that has years of knowledge with it. Because if we were to put that stuff on our bike, honestly, we would probably end up running around ourselves around in circles more so than actually helping. So um, I know that we will have electronics. We'll have the ability to adjust things like engine braking, traction control, obviously, wheelie control, uh, all that stuff. And, you know, maybe that's one of those things that we do try to develop throughout the year. And maybe we do move to one of those electronic systems that, that the factory guys are running. Um, but for right now, I think that we're going to start with, you know, the stuff that works, we know it works. Um, you know, I know I can go fast on it and then, and then go from there, see how, see how it works out. So I got a two part question for you. Um, first of all, number one, are you superstitious? Uh, not honestly i try not to be just because i'm on the basis of you know whatever's going to happen is going to happen i try not to take up too much mental capacity with that but not <laughs> to an extent but not really okay i i well that's good because you know i don't know if it would affect me too much but i did notice when when i had seen your name on the entry list and of course there's an 88 already in superbike in max flinders so i'm like oh hell what happened to Ben? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's 78, right? You changed it to 78? Yeah, we're. Uh, I'm going to be running the number 78 this year. So new year, new number. But that that was honestly a situation. That's kind of funny that you say that because we were, uh, like I said, this whole process kind of, we, we signed the deal. I mean, obviously came out this week and the race is next week. So it, all, it was all kind of a, a late-ish process. But when we were looking at what number I'm going to be, um, you know, I already knew, oh, shoot, you know, Max, Max has had 88 in Superbike for however long. What am I going to go to? And then when we when we were talking with Danielle at Moto America, you know, I wanted to keep something with an eight in it at least. And she's like, "Well, you know, I think seventy eight's available." I'm like, "Sign me up, good." <laughs> I'm not 
I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna overthink this. Let's just go with the first one that's available that has an eight in it. So yep, that works. So, um, but yeah, it will be kind of weird, I guess, not seeing the eighty-eight on my bike. Yeah, you've been. Haven't you been? You were eighteen at some point, or I don't. I was. Uh, I what was I? I was one one eight in the KTM Cup. That's what it was. Uh, I was yeah. yeah. 118 in the KTM Cup. And I've actually always had something, a number with an 8 in it. And it, there's a kind of a story behind that. My dad, when he used to race and do track days and stuff like that, his number was always 181. So, I don't know. I've kind of just always based my numbers. I've been 811 at one point in club racing. Uh, 118, obviously, in the KTM Cup. And then it kind of transitioned over to 88. So, I've always just had an 8 somewhere in there. Uh, and it's all kind of been based off of, I guess, a little, you know, homage to what, what my dad was uh 181 so just kind of you know based it off that that's cool yeah so yep new year new number all right benjamin i'm gonna ask you a couple of questions here that <laughs> aren't easy well they'll be easy go ahead but grill th there's times when there's times when when sean and i are, are watching in the media center and you're in a battle in a 600 race or or what have you and there's times when i feel like you just want it too bad if that makes sense. I mean, it's good in one way, but then in another way, Sean and I are sometimes are like, Ben, just finish fourth, just finish fourth. And yep. there's been times when you would crash out of a battle for third. And, you know, part of me is like, I'd rather see the kid crash out of third than settle for fourth. But there's other times when I'm like, man, I wish he would just finish fourth. And when I look at last year's results, you finished fourth in the championship, which surprised me. But when I looked at it, you... You only had one DNF and you had two podiums. Did you make a deliberate, was it deliberate for you to maybe take a step back and say, you know what, I need to put together a consistent season and finish these races? It, absolutely. And, and you are, you hit the nail on the head, honestly. I mean, I've, I'm a racer, you know, at, at heart. So obviously anytime that there is an opportunity for me to do as well as I can, you know, I, I'm going to take it just like any other guy out there would, but there, there definitely comes a time when you have to think back and, and, you know, think on on yourself you know okay what's what's worth it can i really make this pass stick or you know can i hold this guy off whatever it may be but uh yeah i think it's just i mean i, I am 22 years old like i i jumped into the 600 class at a, a fairly early age uh and i think a lot of it is just maturing and just realizing you know what uh, you know on the good days take what you can get and on the bad days the same thing take what you can get whether it's fifth sixth fourth third um but yeah i was i was pretty happy with how uh, you, you know, like you said, only having one DNF last year, uh, finishing fourth overall in the championship, a couple of podiums. I was, I was pretty happy with that. And obviously, you know, I'm always going to sit here and think, man, I, I wish I could have taken more or I wish I would have had more in the tank, whatever it may be. But, uh, that's definitely something that, I, that I'm going to, I'm going to carry over to this year too, because, you know, real, I, I do have realistic expectations coming into this year. You know, I don't expect to be fighting for wins or, or podium. I mean, a podium would be amazing but i have realistic expectations for this year and it's one of those things where you know especially it's probably gonna be more important than ever for me to just get as many laps and just races completed as i can under my belt to just gain that experience so i think that to to kind of answer your question exactly is a lot of it's just kind of maturing um and at the same time you know with with the rule changes in the 600 class that we had last year sometimes i felt maybe as if i was trying to override um to i guess keep up in a in a sense um and that's that's not anything in particular i mean honestly there's i think that there was times where i, I could have been better as a rider um
but it really just comes down to me just making that smart decision in my head, you know, okay, what's worth it on, on the day that we have the day that, you know, what's what I have given to me. Um, so I think that I've actually just matured a little bit, um, with my own riding. And I think that that's definitely going to help me carrying over into a whole new situation this year on a bigger bike where, like I said, just completing as many races and as many laps is probably going to be the most important thing for me. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where I stand. Strategy. I mean, you're not going to learn by sitting in the pits or crashing a bike, right? Exactly. Yeah. That does, that does us no good. And I don't expect to have, you know, I'm also, I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, you know, I, I should have a, a season where I only crash once or I, I don't, you know, I don't DNF, you know, if you, you crash cause you're most of the times you're trying hard, you know, right. that's, you know, I've had very little crashes in my career where it's from me just, you know, not trying or, or however you would, however you would put it most of, and this is probably the same for everybody. Most of those crashes are because, you know, you're fighting for a position or you're giving it your all on the last lap or, or something like that. Um, but yes, it's definitely, especially going into this year, I think that I need to have that mindset of, okay, you know, honestly no expectations just go out there learn as much as you possibly can be a sponge absorb everything that you see um and have fun you know honestly the whole goal of this is to have fun if i'm not the minute that i stop having fun at this sport is the minute that i'll stop it's too dangerous to be out there and not be having fun so um just just enjoy it i mean this is what i've been working towards so i want to enjoy it learn and i mean i do think that we can do pretty well i mean i think that this bike um, the 1000 in general kind of suits my, my stature a little bit better. I think it suits my natural riding style a little bit better. So once, once I'm able to really get comfortable with the bike as comfortable, maybe as I was with the 600, I think that we can, uh, I think that we can honestly surprise some people. So, um, that's really what I'm looking forward to. You, you just mentioned the size, obviously, you know, I mean, you've been a tall kid since you've been here. So, but I don't think weight's ever been an issue because you're you were at least I, I haven't seen you you know this off season but you've always been a tall skinny kid. Well, do you think yep. this having a bigger bike will will finally fit you better than what you've had for basically your entire career? I think so. I think that this is uh, you know a lot of my career, especially on like the KTM's and stuff like that. I've always like you said, I've always been a little bit on the taller, bigger side. Um, and it's funny because I'm really not, I mean, I'm only like five eleven. like I'm really not that tall or big of a guy. It's just in this sport, you know, I'm racing against a bunch of, a bunch of jockeys basically. Um, so I've always been in a little bit of a deficit for, if you want to call it horsepower, it always seems like I've, you know, very rarely have I ever been able to draft somebody on, uh, on the straightaway, but this year with the 1000, I mean, all those bikes are so ridiculously fast. That I don't think it's going to play as much of a factor. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm honestly looking forward to that, not feeling like, shoot, you know, I have to make up all my lost time in the braking zone or, you know, push 10 tenths every lap just to, to close a little bit of a gap. And I think that that's where some of those mistakes came from, like like we were talking about in the past, is just trying to make up for maybe some of that deficit. So, yeah, I think that it's going to, it's definitely going to suit to my, uh, to my style and, and just my physical stature. Yeah, you know, Benjamin, I... I liken you a lot to, um, in many ways, really, to Garrett Gerloff. I mean, you know, you got kind of a body type like him and sort of resemble him a little bit. Have, have you ever felt that or has anybody ever said that about you? Actually, yeah. Uh, and I know that I think that you and I have talked about it before, but yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I know I know that you and I have talked about it. Absolutely. And I, I take I mean, shoot, I'll take that as a compliment. The guy's, you know, obviously a phenomenal rider and he's over in World Superbike, but yeah, I've actually had some people say that, that, um, just, 
from a physical standpoint. Um, I think that we're both probably pretty similar. Um, I mean, man, that dude knows how to ride. So if I could ride 1000 like him, like he does this year, I'd be more than happy with that. But, uh, I know, I know I've got a lot to learn before getting, getting close to, uh, close to him. But yeah, I've definitely had, uh, some resemblance of that, that, and I mean, honestly, uh, Ben Spees is kind of also, I know he was actually a little bit taller than me, but not just because we're both named Ben or Benjamin, but he's kind of in that same situation where I don't really know. I mean, I know he had a good 600 career, but he seemed to really prosper on a 1000. Um, and he was, you know, known as elbows, a taller guy. So maybe, uh, hopefully I can take after that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking. Paul kind of brought it up that you seem like you're maybe a little bit taller than you are. And I know with Garrett, you know, he did did a great job in Supersport for several years, you know, won a championship, obviously. But uh, he seemed to feel more comfortable and go better on that R1. So, you know, I'm look, I'm going to be looking forward to seeing how you adapt to that. And, and uh, you know, it may be just the ticket for you because you certainly were going fast on the R6. And once they changed that R6 to that last, last iteration, it kind of related a little bit more to the the R1, I mean, obviously a huge amount of power, but Garrett used to say the R1 felt like the R6 with a bigger motor in it. And um, do you do you kind of get that as well? Absolutely. Actually, that's one of the things that I said to Chris. Uh, one of my first impressions that I said to Chris when we were out at Chuckwalla was, man, this thing does, it, it does feel pretty similar to my R6, just as far as the chassis goes and the way that you sit on the bike or on top of the motorcycle. It does feel pretty similar to the R6, which is nice because it makes it a, I think a little bit easier of a transition going from, from the R6 to the R1. Obviously you've got a lot more rotating mass. I mean, the bike feels a lot heavier. Uh, I mean, it is heavier, but there's definitely their differences, but just the cockpit position and, you know, all that, I think Yamaha did a a pretty good job of making the, the R6 and the R1 feel about as similar as I would say that they can feel. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, so do you anticipate, and I don't think there will be, but it's something to bring up the fact that um, CW Moto is located in the Pacific Northwest and and you're, well, in South Carolina. Obviously, you guys, you know, get together at the rounds and h- handle that up. And clearly, you know, texting, communication, anything like that's not really a problem. And you were out at Chuck Wallow, where I, I'm surprised that those guys have are go down there quite a bit because that's a good long ways from the Pacific Northwest too down to uh, Southern California, but do you, are the logistics any kind of an issue for you guys at all? Um, I don't think it'll be too much of an issue. I mean, that was definitely something that we considered. Um, and I, I mean, I got to give Chris huge props. I mean, he literally did an all night drive, um, to get there at Chuckwalla. I think he got there Friday morning. I flew in Thursday night. He, yeah, he, he drove all night to get there Friday morning. So he's obviously more than committed to, to do what it needs to take to, to get the track time and the testing that we need. And over on the East coast here, one of my main sponsors for the past couple of years, uh, John cook at track day winner. Uh, he obviously, he owns the organization track day winner and he runs a ton of track days at a, a bunch of racetracks here in the Southeast. Um, and every time that I've gone there, it's been, man, I've had like two couple of days of just quality open track time. So, and he, we've already kind of had an agreement that if, if we do need to test over here on the East coast, that we can obviously, show up to any one of his events, get tons of really good track time and testing data in. So that's something that I think that we'll definitely try to plan, plan to be at. Um, and I also want to, I also want to show face and be at those events because, you know, he is a, a, a huge supporter of mine and I honestly just love being at his track days, but it's definitely going to take some work and some logistics to, uh, to figure out how this testing plan is going to go. But, you know, 
it also seems like when we get into the season, man, stuff just flies past so fast. It's like, we'll get done road Atlanta. I'll take a quick breath and we'll be at Barber. So it's like finding time to, to test is definitely not easy, but you know, we'll do what we need to do to, to make it happen. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned track day winter because I was going to ask you about that. It was interesting given that, uh, that, uh, CW Moto Racing is up in the Pacific Northwest, and I, I thought you'd had some relationship with Track Day Winner. I know they do some stuff with Jackson Blackman as well. Um, so I thought it was maybe something that you, it kind of came together because you of you racing on that team. But there, that's a that's a terrific uh, school and Track Day. Well, I shouldn't say school; it's a Track Day organization. But yeah, John Cook does some amazing things and enables a lot of our riders to get track time and, and do what they need to do. So I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned him and it's, it's great. It's great that they're, he's part of your program. Yeah. Like I said, he's been, man, I, I can't say enough about John Cook and, and his whole, just the whole program. I know they're going towards, uh, it's going to be called track day winter motorsports now. Um, so just changing the name and he's kind of getting, getting a little bit back into the racing scene. Like you said, he supports Jackson Blackman as well, who had a great showing for the first round at road or not road Atlanta, uh, Daytona. So it's it's going to be really cool to see a, a track day winter motorsports you know R one superbike at the top of the sport out there. So he'll be a, he'll be the title sponsor for Road Atlanta, Barber, and Coda, the three rounds that are kind of you know close to his track day organization where he runs runs out of. So I I could not be happier to have him on board and just that whole that whole organization. I mean I I know that everybody says it, but truly when you go to go to one of his track days, I mean. Their number one goal is safety, but you also just get tons of quality track time. Um, so that's definitely something I'm going to use to my advantage throughout the season. Good. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to mention, Benjamin, is so when we put the announcement up on our Facebook and our other social media channels, um, I was pretty delighted. And you you may have seen it, too, to see one of the first people that um, gave you a congratulations was Angie Norris um, with the you know, Angie and Kelly, who kind of got you started a little bit, or at least were in the early days of your program. Um, and they it's cool that they still support you. I just wanted to give a shout out to them. Yeah, they are phenomenal people. We actually I keep in contact with them, both my dad and, and I keep in contact with them pretty closely. Um, they've been, again, one of my biggest supporters throughout my career. I mean, they gave me the opportunity to, to make that jump from the KTM Cup to the 600 class way back in that was 2018. Um, so they, they've given me tons of support throughout the, throughout the years and, you know, they're still in my corner, uh, 100%. So I really hope that they'll be able to, to make it out to a couple of races this year to spectate and just, just, you know, see me in the superbike class and what we've, you know, all worked towards this whole time. So yeah, big shout out to those guys. They, they are really, really great people. So I'm happy that I was able to be a part of it. Yeah, that's cool. They're good people. I mean, I miss seeing them in the paddock at, um, even though Benjamin, you might remember this the first time I ever met him, I got their names mixed up. Well, I did. I knew Kelly. I realized Kelly was Kelly, but I thought Angie was Kelly. So yeah. I, I remember that, <laughs> but you were not the only one because they were kind of, you were definitely not the only one. I mean, they kind of came out of nowhere. They went from doing track days and, you know, a couple of club races really to, to owning a, a pretty good sized Moto America team. So they kind of came out of nowhere. And I think that, you were not the only one that was caught off, you know, I guess you could say caught off guard or whatever you want to call it, or just, yeah, it was. Like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Which one's who's who here? Let me just get this down. But yeah. Okay. I get it. Yeah. Um, okay. So I've, we've come to the point, we're going to wrap up here, but we've come to the point in the podcast where, um, where uh, Paul starts to cringe and our guests. Uh -oh. Yeah, exactly. 
It's shout out time for Benjamin. Oh, cringe. You'll cringe. <laughs> I, I cringe if it gets close to an hour, but yeah, I'm. Yeah. No, you're going to cringe about this, Paul. Benjamin Smith, uh -oh. we have to give a shout out to Zoe. Yeah, yeah. Talk Zoe, about that's. Go ahead. You're talking about my. You're, are you talking about my girlfriend? I, I presume. I guess that's what 100%. you're talking about. One hundred percent. Zoe. One hundred percent. Yeah. I'm sure that that's the, not the only South Carolina isn't the only thing Southern that you. <laughs> so that's funny. That's funny you say that. Yeah, because she gets that a lot. Last name. I think I don't know why. I guess people presume like Southern. You know, she obviously lives in the South, but that's just her true last name is Southern. But yeah, that's oh, funny you say that. She's actually. I thought it was just her fake name. Okay. Wow. Oh no no no! That's no. That's actually her last name is Southern. It's pretty cool, right? You don't hear that a lot. Um, but that's cool. actually her last name. So yeah, I kind of kind of jealous of that one. But yeah, she's uh, she's been great. She's been at the racetrack a couple times with me. Um, and that's really honestly the my dad and I have always kind of had a a little policy that all right, you know. Try and try and do no no females at the racetrack. It's all business, you know. Focus, focus. But she uh, she came to a couple of races with me last year, and it was it was great having her there. We actually we did a drive from Laguna to uh, Brainerd. We drove. I drove the truck and trailer, and we made a little trip out of it. Stopped in uh, Nevada, Yellowstone. So that was pretty fun. But uh, yeah, I'm sure that she'll she'll be at a couple of the races this year with me. So uh, yeah, it's definitely cool having her there. She's been really supportive. Well, is she going to be at Road Atlanta? She will not, unfortunately, be at Road Atlanta, but she will be at Barber. So second race of the season, she'll be at Barber. And I know she she loved the uh, the Monterey uh, adventure last year, so maybe she'll maybe she'll make it out to um, California this year. Or I said I think she would really like the Ridge, Washington. The scenery out there is just beautiful. So yeah. maybe one of those West Coast rounds, she'll she'll make the trip out. I know she'll she would probably enjoy that. But yes, that has uh, been good. I had to put you on the spot, so I'll try to remember Barbara, Barbara but I'll make sure I, I want to definitely meet her because anybody that's that's hanging out with uh, Benjamin Smith's got to be a cool, cool chick. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't be don't be afraid to grill her with questions too. She's oh, uh, I, oh, oh he a, will. Uh, <laughs> Paul, you too. Feel free. She might get a little no. camera shy, but feel free. <laughs> so. All right, I guess we're going to wrap up here, Benjamin. Thank you so much for having us on. I mean, like I said again, you know, it's it's terrific that you are one of our riders that has has gone through a couple of the classes. We're really looking forward to seeing you in Superbike, and you know, you've re reached the pinnacle in in our uh, our series, um, and it's e even more onward and upward from there. But um, with CW Moto Racing on a Yamaha R1 in the Medallia Superbike class, Benjamin Smith, number 78. So again, thanks for being on with us, Benjamin. Absolutely. Thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate it. And, uh, I'll see you in about a week at, in Atlanta. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. And, um, uh, congratulations. I know it's, it's after road Atlanta, but if I don't, if I don't remember to congratulate you, congratulations on getting that degree. It's a big deal. And, I think unless you get an ultra specialized degree, I think uh, the main purpose is to, to it's sort of like boot camp. But they want to show you that you can actually get through it. So exactly. Done, that's yeah, that's that's kind of it. <laughs> you've done that and you've also been able to keep this motorcycle thing going on the right trajectory. So good job. We're proud of you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it, guys. I'll be I'll bring the piece of paper with me. I guess that would be to Road America just to for proof that I really did it. So that's <laughs> cool. But uh, you yeah. know, I I tell you to hang the tassel off your brake lever guard, but it might cut down. <laughs> on your a little it bit, wouldn't so. make it through tech. Yeah, 
<laughs> it wouldn't make it through tech. Maybe maybe we'll run like a, a little Penn State like uh, livery for for Road America or something. But uh, yeah, no, I'll 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 pay uh, respect to it somehow. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty excited. So thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. All right, boys. We'll see you next week.